0: Good morning, Good morning. my name is Josh, and I am probably going to be a little nervous again, I was nervous first service, like You're right. You're cat right. room full of wrong. shit. Ch- let me tell you something, brother I was back there with you and I heard the rowdy crew up here, y'all keep getting rowdy, I like some rowdy, and I'll tell you why, it, well this is, this is the reason why I told Beckley crew last week, because last week was my first week. When you listen to the songs that this crew is singing, and I, I love listening, to them, I told them they need to do an album because I, I would listen to it. It's awesome. But when you listen to the songs and you're back there worshiping and you start to remember, you know, it's an amazing thing that God doesn't, he tells us he'll cast our sins as far as the east is from the west, remember no more, so that when on judgment day, we don't have to stand before him and have to deal with our sins anymore because they've been washed in the blood. Amen? Amen. Yeah. The thing is, when you stand before God one day as Christians, and I do, it's all about our rewards. And I'm so thankful for that. And when I hear these songs, I sit back and, and, and I start to reflect. Anybody else like that? And, 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 and as you're getting into worship and they're getting fired up, Satan likes to remind you of things. And sometimes through the worship, it seems like as you're reminded about all the stupid things you did in life, God reminds you of how good he is Amen. and his son, Jesus. So welcome to Foundations this morning. This is my first Sunday uh, as a Gateway Foundations attendee, I don't know what you say, I guess person, staff, I don't know. Um, that was awkward, wasn't it? A little bit. I told you I'm a little nervous. So um, let's just get started. You ready? Right, let's do it. Hey, would you stand with me? You don't even know about anything else. Let's stand up. I'm old school. I like to, I like to have everybody get awkward with me and stand up. Because if I have to look at you and you're just staring at me like, what is this dude doing? Then I'm going to get you to stand up and, look, and I get to look at you and be like, huh? You're to stand with me. If you have your Bible, and I know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, an old man thing. If you, if you come here, don't leave your sword at home. Even if you look at the words on the screen, don't leave your sword at home because you never know when you hit the Mexican restaurant or if you go out to eat somewhere else, it goes somewhere. You never know when you're going to be able to break that sword out and share the gospel with somebody. So always be prepared. So even if you come here and you get to use the screen instead, hey, bring your word. Bring your word. That's my old fan for the day. (laughs) It was so much, it 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 was awkward this morning too. Here we go. If you would say these first four words with me, I want, I want you to help me out. Genesis chapter one, verse one. First four words. It says, "In." in the God. Oh, you about left that out. In the beginning, God, and here's what He goes on to say. So he, we know that in the beginning there was God, right? Yeah, Amen. And that was it, because in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and water covered the surface of the deep. It was funky looking. It was nothingness, and it was black. And God spoke, right? We'll get to that part in a minute. But fast forward, to six days later, in verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image and our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created man. Male and female, he created them. Lord, thank you for the day. I know I'm awkward and I thank you for the grace that has been shown this morning and I'm so thankful for this crew at Gateway. And I cannot wait to see where you take them here in Taze Valley. And I just pray that you bless them and grow them and that you add numbers to them daily and that they would be... On fire for you, Lord, that they would be warriors for you to go out and to share your gospel and to bring many to you, Lord Jesus. And I pray this morning that you'd be with us as we study your word. It's Foundation Sunday, so we're going to get into some pretty specific things. But Lord, I just pray that you'd be with us, open our minds up, and Lord, we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I'll tell you the, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, and sit down. Hey, I mean, you can stand if you want to. I don't mind that. So I I spent about seven years in children's ministry and never thought that I would ever do children's ministry, and I think that's what made my hair start to fall out. So any of you guys in here have have a sunshine up top? We were just too darn pretty for God to cover up, amen? (laughs) Or am I the only one losing it? Come on, guys. So in that seven years, spent a lot of time at camps, a lot of time in children's church, and there's one lesson in particular that I I gave the first service, I'm going to give to you guys too. It is my favorite. So if you have kids with you, snuggle up with them for a minute. If your kids aren't here, here's your homework parents and grandparents. I want you to take them somewhere when it's a little bit dried up. I want you to take them to a park, go out in the field or out in the backyard somewhere. I want you to find a big clump of dirt, because that's what we're talking about this morning. We were made in the image of God, right? Right? We're made in his image. So the problem is, is too often we look at that and we go, oh, we're made in his image. You got guys, you got girls. But that's not exactly true, right? Because God is flesh or is God's spirit? He's spirit. So what does he look like? He's the invisible God, right? In the beginning, God created everything. All right? But when he gets to day six... He did something special. And so here is my all-time favorite children's church lesson that we used to do. So we would grab a bucket of dirt, and we would start to mold that dirt. And we'd talk about God molding this dirt, because the unique thing about us is, in the first day of creation, God spoke, and there was, bless you, and there was light, right? And maybe it didn't even sounded like that. He's like, Pfft. and it just came out. God spoke, and there was light, right? you smart teenagers up here? Where'd the light come from? Because what happened after that? God created the sun and the moon and the stars. Some of my biblical scholars, where'd the light come from? It's God. Right? Man, I had some children's church kids in here last. There we go. And you guys, were, you guys know it. So God spoke, and there is what, and the light came from. Oh, you're good. Check. Awesome. And so for the next five days, he would speak, and something would create. And he would speak, and something create. And he would speak, and something would create. And on that sixth day, something else happened, because the Bible tells us that God didn't speak. And make Adam. The Bible says that God took the dust of the earth and he molded that dirt and he made a man out of it, right? And then he did something. He breathed into that man the breath of life, right? You see, it wasn't just air that he put in his lungs. There's a, a Hebrew word, and it's and my old, my old uh, B.C.E., Bob, uh, Bluefield College of Evangelism professor. If anybody knows Reggie Webb, he's gone on to be with the Lord since, but he was the most amazing man. And he always told us that when God spoke, he breathed nephesh. And I don't really understand the word. It's Hebrew. But this nephesh was something more than air in your lungs. And so he breathed this nephesh into Adam. And he became not just a living animal, a, a creature on the earth like the animals were. He became a creature with a living soul in him. And at that point, God made man in his own image. And so what I want you parents to do is if your kids are even back here in children's church, just take them out later. And I want you to grab some dirt. And I want you to mold it. And I want you to look at them in the eyes and I want you to tell them this. God spoke all these things into existence. He spoke the, the pets in our house. He spoke the animals outside. He spoke the trees. He spoke the clouds. He spoke the water. But for you, you are so special that God took dirt And with his hands, he molded us and created us. And you are that intricately made. You are that specifically made. And listen to me, folks. Kids, listen to me because I'm getting ready ready to jump on you. You are not an accident. Amen? You are not. If your mom and daddy didn't plan you like my mom and daddy didn't plan me, you are still not an accident. You want to know why? Because you're here. And who is sovereign? It's God. You're not an accident. You're not here by mistake. And you're not here without purpose. And that's what we're looking at this morning because in this Foundations Day, I'm not going to give you something. I know that you guys have been talking about apologetics and the defense of the faith. But the problem with... Apologetics is this, if you're not grounded in what you believe, if you do not have a strong faith in Jesus Christ, if you're not walking with him and talking with him, and if you're not in fellowship with him daily, your defense of the gospel doesn't matter because you're going to struggle. You have to be grounded in Jesus. And that's where I want to get you guys this morning. So if you would, look with me. Back in Genesis... I don't want to just tell you this. Genesis chapter two, starting in verse five, it says this: When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to to work the ground, and a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in East in the east, and and he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up, sorry, I can't talk this morning. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight of of good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you move down to verse 15, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work in it and keep it. Now, here's our problem. So we all agree then that we all have a living soul, right? We are living, breathing people. We're alive but we also have another substance to us, right? Thank you. <laughs> then what's our purpose? And This is where we find our problem at. You know, we, we look at our purpose today and we look at our kids today and you parents, you I, I feel sorry for you. I, I, I really do because your kids are under attack. Satan has has... I mean, I'm 41, and, and, and your kids are, are going through things that I can't even imagine at 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. And so your kids are literally under attack by Satan. And the problem is, your kids today are faced with things like, are you really a boy or are you really a girl? Do, do, you, do, you, do you like, if you're a boy, do you like girls or do you really like boys? And it's twisted. And our society is inverted. And so good is bad, and bad is good. Right is wrong, and wrong is right. And so we see people today, and they've lost this identity. Because if if we are a group of people who are living, breathing, all of us, lost or saved in Jesus, we all have a soul. And the moment that you were conceived, there's some young ears, I'm not going any further than that, but the moment that you were conceived in your mama's belly, You were given a soul. And at that point, you became eternal. And at that point, regardless of heaven or hell, you were going to live forever. And we see that as we keep reading that Adam was put in the garden garden to, to, to take care of it and to till it and all that good stuff. That was eons ago. So today we know that when Adam was given dominion over the earth, We, we don't necessarily have dominion over the earth anymore because Satan, Satan has taken over this place. The, Jesus even said that he is the father of this place. He, he is the one who, who, who has taken over. So if we don't really have much dominion anymore, what is our role today? I'll tell you a story. There is a guy... His name is John Harper, and I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't stay too long on this. John Harper was, in 1912, April 14, 1912, him and his little girl got on the Titanic. He was a preacher, he was a Scottish man, and he, uh, he got on the boat with his baby girl, sailed off, you know the rest of history. They hit an iceberg, 11, 11 p.m., ship starts to sink, starts to sink, probably did stink too. And it starts to break apart. Well, as they were getting the lifeboats out, the story goes that John took his little baby girl and he kissed her and he put her in the arms of the people who were in the lifeboats and he ran back and and, and, and people who who testified to it said that you could hear him running back and forth on a deck crying these words right here. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And for us, we go, how in the world? Anybody here want to give up your kids go die? i never see them grow up. Anybody? This dude was so amazing that he began to preach the gospel. He knew that he was going to die and many other men on that ship gave up their children so that they could go and, and live. But this guy is different, man. I, I'm, this guy is different. So John Harper, ship breaks apart, pieces are in the water, and there's a guy this guy was another Scottish man. I can't remember. His, it was Aguila Webb, and he's floating on this piece of board. And as he's floating out, he hears a guy coming towards him, and he sees this man swim up to him on another piece of board. And the man says, "Man, are you saved?" And he goes, "No." And he tells him, "Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved." Oh, sorry. And and, and he he swims off on his little piece of board. And Aguila Webb had testified in Canada later on that this actually happened. And so he said, this man, John Harper, came back to him. And he said, man, are you saved now? And he says, I don't think so. And he tells him, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And he said, shortly thereafter, John Harper fell into the depths of the sea and, and was drowned. And he gave his life preaching the gospel. And Aguilla stood up in front of those people in Canada and he said this. He said, That night, under two miles of water, I believed. And he said, I was the last convert of John Harper. What is your purpose? Is it to be a mama or a daddy? What is your purpose? To work hard? To have grandparents and turn them into little monsters and then send them home? Is your purpose to be a teacher or a preacher? Is your, is your purpose to be a miner? Is your purpose to go out here and to, to open up a restaurant? What is your purpose? And I'm fast forwarding this a little bit because th- this is the part that I, I really want us to get to. You know, we, we know that we're, we have a living soul and we know that we have a purpose. But church, this world has twisted our purpose so badly. You know, we've got things, I know the other campuses are looking at things like uh, artificial intelligence today and all these, I don't really understand a lot about the artificial intelligence, but I'll tell you this, and it's hard not to laugh at, but there is, this is how twisted our world is. I told you crew last service, there is a lady in Brazil who complained to her mom about being alone, and so her mom sewed her a life-size rag doll that looks like a dude. And she married it. And then she said that she was a happy mother of three. And when she shows the picture of her baby from the pregnancy, it's a rag doll. And then she got mad and was ready to go to divorce court. And I'm not joking. I don't know if this was a stunt. I don't know if she slid off the cracker. I, I don't know what happened. But this lady literally said this to reporters. My girlfriend, my friend, whatever she was, took a picture of my husband walking into a hotel with another woman. He's a rag doll. And now, and, now our marriage, and, and now our marriage is hanging by a thread. And she said that. And you look at artificial, artificial intelligence. this gets real weird, but you know what? That's where it's heading. You kids want a boyfriend or girlfriend? Before long, they'll just make you one. You want a job? I read a thing where Goldman Sachs said that when AI continues on, 300 million jobs will be lost. 300 million. Here's the problem. We have lost, lost the sanctity of of life. We have lost the respect for human life. Yes, yes. And so what happens is anybody, anybody know what 64 million stands for? When you start to lose respect for human life fit, last 50 years of Roe versus Wade fit, or 64 million babies have been aborted. 64 million. 64 million souls that God created were destroyed. Here's the fun fact. 1% was from incest. Kids, I want you to listen to me. 1%, so don't give me your garbage about, oh, you know, uh, this is the reason why we need to support it. No, it's trash. 1% was incest. 2% was rape. 97% of all abortions were socioeconomical. And that is how the U.S. views human life. But that's not how the church should see it. So what is our purpose? Here's where we get to the fun part. E.V. Hill, old preacher back in the day, he was awesome. He gave one of the greatest illustrations I've ever heard in my life. And he started out and he said, now when when God spoke and all these things came into being, That was when God was at his best. And he stopped for a second, he said, no, no. Maybe it was when God spoke and the animals were walking along the ground and he spoke and the birds flew in the sky and he spoke and the land parted from the waters. That was when God was at his best. He said, no, no, that's not what it was. And he goes on, he says, Well, maybe, maybe it's when God took that dust and molded it with his hands, and he, whoo, he breathed that soul into Adam, and he made this living, this living creature with a soul and image of him. Maybe that was when God was at his best. He said, No. And then he went on, he said, Well, maybe, and you, you guys, no, none of the guys, amen, this last service. When, when, when God put Adam to sleep, took that rib out, fashioned that rib, Wakes Adam up, and he goes, hubba, hubba, hubba. Maybe that was when God was at his best. Amen, fellas? Amen. You just saved your life. <laughs> but that's not it. And he kept going, and he went through some history. Maybe it was when Daniel was in a lion's den. Maybe it was when those three Hebrew boys were in that furnace, and it came out unscathed. They didn't even have a smell of smoke. Maybe that was when God was at his best. No, he said no. And he fast forward to Calvary 2,000 years ago and he said, or I'm sorry, back up. He, was, he talked about Bethlehem and he said, remember in Bethlehem when those angels ripped apart the sky and when nobody else on earth was crying out to God and glory and honor and praise because the Son of God had come to earth. They ripped apart the sky and they sang holy, glory to God in the highest. And that was when God was at his best. But no, and for most of us, we'd probably agree with this. He said at Calvary, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus carried that cross up that hill, and he was nailed to that cross, and he cried out before he gave his last breath, and he said, it is finished, and your sin and my sin were placed on him. And three days later, when they went to that tomb, and they heard those words, why are you looking... Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. He said, now that was when God was at his best. And we'd probably agree with that. Then he said, no, that's not it. And he said, there in Sweetwater, Texas, or wherever he was from, as a little boy, little eight-year-old boy, or whatever it was, he said, there in that road, in the middle of that road, when a little boy dropped on his knees, and he looked up to God and said, oh, God, save me. He said, now that was when God was at his best. In church, he's wrong. Because the question is not, when was God at his best? The question is, when was God not at his best? And the answer is, he's never been less than perfect and so when he created Adam, it was perfect. And when he created Eve, it was perfect. And when he created you, it was perfect. And he gave you a soul, and he gave you duty to take care of the earth. Now that we, we, we have gone so far from creation and sin has taken over this rock, what is our role in this world? Where our role is, like John Harper, to go out into the, way, to, to the highways and byways and to preach the gospel. It's that when you go home at night before you put your babies to bed, you pray with them. You read them God's word. You tell them that God loves them. It's when you go to work and you share the gospel. It's when you go to school, kids. I know you're sleeping, but wake up for a second. And you go to, you go to school and you share the gospel. That is your role, but that is not your purpose. Your purpose and your identity... And young ladies, please listen to me for a second. All the boys in here are ugly. (laughs) All you girls are beautiful. There's nothing wrong with you. And you are made exactly the way God intended you to be. And he don't make no mistakes. Your purpose and your identity and your value is not in who you date. It's not in how much money you got in the bank. Your value and your purpose is in Jesus Christ and him alone. And if there's anything other than that, it is worthless. Because it will fade and people will fail you and that money will go away. Because stuff sure ain't getting any cheaper, is it? Church, your value is in Jesus. Young ladies and young men, your value is in Jesus. And I'm going to tell you this, and it may make your parents mad, but you can say this one time. If the world comes at you, and they start telling you that you, you're, a little, you're a young man, but you need to be a girl because you're all confused, or if you're a young lady, and the world comes at you and says, well, you, need to be, you must be a boy because you're all confused about yourself. Man, we're all confused. I'm 41. I still get confused. But I can't halfway sit up here and remember everything that's on these papers. We all get confused. But that's Nothing. Here's what I want you to do. When Satan comes at you like that, tell him to go back to hell where he belongs. Because that's exactly where he belongs. You kids, don't don't just clap. You don't have to beat this in your kid's head. Your kids are under attack, but so are you, mom and dad and grandma and grandpa. And, And the sad truth is, listen to the Christians today. Listen to the preachers on TV now. Listen to how watered down the message of the cross is. Listen to how watered down and how vanilla and how mile wide and inch deep the messages are today in churches. People are not focused on holiness anymore. and We need to get back to it. I want to tell you one last story. So I've been in ministry uh, 17 years, 18 years, something like that. And I had an experience. I told the Beckley campus this last week. I won't come down here. Talk. I, miss, I miss being close to people. I don't, I don't like stages. Um, about, about 2019, I, I, was, I was starting to feel, I, for a while, I just felt like there's something missing. There's, there's gotta be more to this Jesus thing. There's gotta be more. And I want more. I don't know what that looks like, but I want more. And, and in my spirit, I, just, I, was, I, w- I was unsettled, and I, just, I couldn't shake it. And then I started realizing something. Part of it was, I'm just a knothead. And and sometimes I'm I'm a slow learner. And it takes me a little longer to to quit being stupid sometimes. And so God was working on me with things. But there was another part of me that was missing. And I, I studied a lot. And I spent a lot of time learning. But my prayer life stunk. And so here's what happened to me. Winter, January, February of 2019... I had, a, had something happen to me. And I don't know how to explain it. But here's what I can tell you. That I was at my house. And I was watching about 11 o'clock at night, watching Outdoor Channel, seeing all these big bucks that I never got to see and shoot at. And big bass that I never got to catch because I always, you know, just waste my time. I get skunked out on the lake. And I, and I realized something. I had, I had neglected God for so long and I got tired of it. So I chucked my, literally. been a brat. I chucked my remote and I'm like, this is stupid. And so I decided I'm going to have a prayer closet. So I go into my closet Well, there's the gun safe and there's itty bitty room. Well, my big rear end gets in there and and I get about halfway in and from the waist down it's sticking out and I thought, well, this is stupid. I'm trying to pray and I'm like, you know, I'm trying to figure out what's missing. And it wasn't necessarily the prayer. You know, I look back on that And this is why I told you guys earlier, I'm so thankful when we worship that it reminds me of where I've been because I can tell you that I am not who I need to be or want to be or who God wants me to be, but praise God, I'm not who I once was. And so what happened that night is I got on my knees and something happened. And I don't know what that was, but the Lord laid... Everything out in front of me. In my mind, I don't know how long, it was hours that I was on my knees. And I can't tell you what I prayed. I can't tell you what went through my head. All I know is I was exhausted. And after hours on my knees, something changed. And for the first time in my life, I truly knew what it meant to be broken by the Lord. And truly meant, or truly understood what real repentance looks like. When you truly give everything to God. And I'm still learning, and I've got a long way to go. But church, here's the thing. Until you are broken, until you truly surrender everything to the Lord Jesus, you are never going to be who you were created to be. You're going to be a good dad. You're going to be a good mama. You're going to be a good grandmama. You're going to be a good worker. You're going to be good at things. But you're never truly going to fulfill your purpose until you, your life is totally ingrained and centered around Jesus Christ. And when that happens, church, you better hold on. Because he'll do things with you never thought would ever happen. When God created us, he gave us a living soul. And that soul is in his image. And that soul is going to live forever. And praise God for those of us who are saved, we're going to be with him forever. Amen? But for those who are lost, man, today is the day. Today is the day. But we know that he gave us a soul because we were made in his image. And he gave us a role on this earth. Not, Not that purpose. A role first to go and till it, and then we messed everything up. And so now we're still trying to pick up the pieces, but it ain't going to happen. Because when Jesus returns, he's going to blow stuff away anyways. And it ain't going to matter. Our, our role now is to glorify God and to spread his gospel. That's your role and my role. Not just for the dude who's up here getting paid to do it. It's not just for the band who's up here singing to lead worship. It's your job, too, to go and do. You know, when you read the book of Acts... Three, chapter 3, chapter 4, when God says he added to their numbers daily, it wasn't because it had a top-notch, it was the best-around worship band. It wasn't because you had the sorriest preachers up here. It wasn't because you had you know, amazing programs or a beautiful building like this. Here's what they did. They gathered together and they prayed. They broke bread together. They worshiped the Lord together and God added to their numbers daily because they fulfilled their purpose. Your purpose and your identity, your crown and your glory, are only found in Jesus Christ. It is only in Jesus Christ. And and church, if you are saved, well, you wouldn't be part of the church, but those of you who are saved, I'm so thankful you're my brother and sister and I cannot wait to be in heaven with you forever because that is is the reward for for fulfilling our purpose and walking with Jesus. But for those of you, I have no doubts, there's people in here now, there may be kids in here now who have never surrendered to Jesus. And one day, you're gonna be separated from him forever. Why? Run to him, follow him. Worship Him, serve Him, glorify Him, surrender to Him. That's what it's all about. You have a soul that's in the image of God. You know your role. Let's fulfill our purpose, church, so that numbers will be added to us daily and that God will be glorified because when you are walking in step with Jesus, then you can go out and take the apologetic side and you can go and defend the faith and people will listen to you because the Holy Spirit will speak through you and move you to do amazing things. And when you speak, people will listen. And you can save a soul. So let's go be the church. So Father, I thank you for the day. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for life and for health and for all that you do. Lord, I've Lord been uh, just just... Remembering some of those stories, uh, reflecting on some of those things, Lord, just some of the things you brought me through, some of the friends and family that I have, the the things that you brought them through. And Father, you're, you're so faithful. You're so awesome and so mighty. You're, you're so wonderful. And I'm so thankful that you gave us your son, Jesus. And so I pray, Lord, that you would, that you would just guide us and direct us uh, closer to you, Lord. If, if we are not walking in step with you, if, if anyone in here is like me and they need to be broken, Lord, in their walk with you, they're, they're just neglecting you. They're not, they're not truly surrendering everything. I pray that today will be the day where they give it all to you and you will, you will finally bring them to become the the, 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 the purpose-driven person, not the book, but the true purpose-driven person where they understand that their identity is in you and they will take your word and go out and change this world. Oh God, move them. And Lord, I pray, I I beg you, Lord Jesus, right now, if there is a child in here, if there's an adult, maybe there is an an older adult who has never surrendered to you, Lord Jesus, don't let them leave here without drawing to you drawing you to them, Lord, that they would call on your precious name, Lord Jesus. May you save them and may you be glorified and may you be pleased with us in Jesus' name. Amen.